This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. (laughs) You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you not lower your flag on Memorial Day? Do you throw wild parties when house-sitting? Do you mispronounce people's names? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things that can make it better When we have to live together We can all use a little help Some people don't ask themselves Were you raised by wolves? Hey everybody, it's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And let's just get right down to it with our moose-bouche. Let's get in it. So for today's moose-bouche, I want to talk about flying the American flag on Memorial Day. So Memorial Day, it's a holiday in the United States. It's the last Monday in May. And it honors and mourns those who have died serving in our military. So the protocol is that you fly the flag at half-staff in the morning, and then at noon, you hoist it all the way to the top. But what do you do if you have an American flag attached to your house Mm. and you cannot go half-staff? This is such a great question. I thought so, right? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, I, I guess because we can't move it. Right, yeah. The only option would be to take it down, which doesn't seem right. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Or like roll it halfway, but that seems not... Roll it? Interesting. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to throw out what the <laughs> options would be. So what you need is a morning ribbon or a morning bow. And what this is, it's a black streamer or it's a bow that you attach to the top of the flagpole. And so you will basically take this streamer and you'll attach it or you'll tie a bow to the top and it's black fabric. And you do that in the morning and then at noon you take it off. And this signifies that this is half staff. So that's what you do. That is so great to know. I had no idea. And me personally, I prefer the morning ribbon. I think it looks a little more dignified than a bow. Bow just feels a little too jaunty, I think. So I prefer the morning streamer, the morning ribbon, but uh, it is acceptable to do the bow thing if you want. (laughs) Nick doesn't like a jaunty bow. (laughs) I don't, not for Memorial Day. And then once we have taken the bow off, then you can change into your white pants and your white shoes and you can wear those every day until Labor Day. And thank you so much to everyone who served our country. Thank you. And we're back, and now it's time to go deep. Another great question. So we got a great question from The Wilderness, which is, quote, 
What is the protocol when asking a friend to house it? In this instance, I'm asking about someone actually staying at your house and doing some basic things like getting the mail and taking care of the cat. If your home offers your friend more space and amenities than where they live, for example, it's a single family home with a pool versus a small apartment, is it considered a trade since they are enjoying upgraded digs while also doing you a favor? Or should there be compensation regardless, or at least offered? And how to handle the conversation of which bedroom to offer them, presuming a guest bedroom is available. There's something that weirds me out thinking about anyone other than me or my husband sleeping in our bed and using our bathroom. But I feel strange not offering the best accommodations to someone who is watching the house for us. I think a gift is appropriate for anyone who watches the house, friend or family. But compensation? I think right off the top, the easiest part of that question is... No problem putting them in the guest bedroom. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, I feel like that's fine. As long as your guest bedroom is comfortable. You know, if you've just got a a metal cot with no mattress in there. Yeah, if it's like a bed of nails, and (laughs) then I think maybe find another space for them. But I think otherwise, not a problem. Yeah, if your guest room is uh, lovely, that's no problem. Yeah. I also personally would rather sleep in a guest bedroom because I don't want to feel like I'm being invasive in any way. I can see that. Yeah, I can see how being in like the inner sanctum can feel a little intimate. I think guest bedroom, lovely. Yeah, okay, so that aside. You take that right off the top. So my first thought is, in friendship, the currency that we talk about is reciprocation, not cold hard cash. Like, if you invite me over for dinner, I'm not gonna slip you a $100 bill at the end of the night. Like, that's not what we do as friends. And so I think for asking a friend to house it for you, I mean, that's sort of part of friendship. And so I don't think we necessarily do like cold hard cash. I don't think we want our friend to be out money. So like if it will cost them to do this favor for you, like a lot of gas trying to drive to your house or somehow they've lost money doing something else for you, like you should definitely make them whole. But I don't think we necessarily pay them for this service. Well, I also think it depends on, is this somehow more of an inconvenience? Is it farther from their job? You know what I mean? Is it? So in those things, I think it could be, I think the word compensate is a nice word. Can you stay here? You know, I'm happy to throw in this much for your troubles because I know it's out of your way. Right. All of that. But I guess if it's an acquaintance and less of a close friend, then somehow compensation sort of makes more sense the more remote the relationship is. Like the closer the friend, the less likely you would give them cold hard cash. And then the less of a friend they are, maybe you would toss them some cash for their troubles. Yeah, because it's more of a job. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then I think if we start thinking that like, oh, because I have a pool, they really should be paying me for an upgraded experience that is so much better than their normal life. (laughs) I don't think we want to go down that road. And so like, just because your home might be nicer, it's not like you're really doing me a favor by allowing (laughs) me to experience it for three days. I think if, say, it was in another city and you knew that that friend wanted to visit that city, but it would save them money on a hotel, then that's also a nice exchange. Oh, hey, I'm going to be out of town. I knew you wanted to come here. Do you want to stay? You know, so you don't have to have a hotel. And can you take care of my cat? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I guess in thinking about like how it should go down, then some do's and don'ts come to mind. I guess the first thing that comes to mind is like, we should set very clear expectations for how this should work. Both sides should like understand like what is expected of them. So like, what exactly do you want me to do when I'm house sitting? And what are the do's and don'ts? And I wrote that, I wrote that, just ask what's okay, exclamation point. 
at the beginning, like at the beginning, everybody should go over it. Right. Yeah. So like if it's about taking care of pets, like are they allowed to go off their diet or what are the rules or can I eat the stuff in the fridge or whatever? So I think, yeah, definitely making all that clear way up top is very useful. Yeah, I think go through the whole list, especially because also I was thinking sometimes when people are out of town, uh, like say you broke something, they may not want to know while they're out of town. They may be like, I'm very out of town. Oh, interesting. So try to go over everything before people leave. I mean, what is that conversation? If I damage something in your house, would you like me to tell you or would you like me to wait? No, not that, not that question. <laughs> that was separate. I was just saying that because inevitably, you know what I mean? But it, things like that, it's like, does this person want to be contacted or not contacted? Yes, I think definitely having some sort of conversation about how much checking in do we want to be doing? Yeah. Like if you're taking care of my house and you're not taking care of any of my pets, so it's just about like bringing in the mail, watering the plants, uh, making sure that it doesn't burn down. I don't probably need daily check-ins from you. Just like contact me if something has gone wrong and you need me. Otherwise, like see you when I get back. Yeah. But if you are taking care of my pet, I probably want more frequent updates on that. Maybe a few pictures. Definitely want video, maybe some live FaceTiming. (laughs) You guys snuggling on the couch. I want to see it. I want to see it. And I don't think we have wild parties or any parties. And I think you definitely don't want to invite anybody over without permission at all. It's like not even a friend to watch the game. I think you should ask for permission. Yeah, but I I do think that if you're like, oh, hey, I always watch the game on whatever, depending on what you like to watch, what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> do you mind if I have a friend over? It'll just be one person. Right. And obviously, yes should be the answer. Yes. But you definitely need to ask because if the person finds out that you had someone in your house and they didn't know about it, that does feel like a violation and they will find out about it and they will not like that. Right. So don't do that. And don't redecorate. And I mention this because in the Hamptons, where I've spent a lot of time covering that world, there was a story once where people would come back in the spring after like leaving their houses all winter long. And they would come back to discover that someone had broken in, didn't steal anything, but rearranged all the furniture. What? And rehung pictures. Yes. And so it ended up looking better usually most of the time. And so most people just actually kept it uh, the new way. But this was a thing that happened several times uh, or so the the stories have gone. The people broke in to redecorate? Well, no one locks their houses in the Hamptons. That's one dirty secret. Oh my goodness. I'm getting a ticket right now. (laughs) But yeah, broke into people's houses on Gin Lane, rearranged the living room furniture, put the couch on the other wall, put the TV somewhere else. And then you walk in after four months and you see your living room like totally different. So I think the same (laughs) rule applies if you're a house guest. Don't redecorate. They like their furniture where it is. So just like leave it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, (laughs) I mean, a lot to take in. Yeah. Never would occur to me to like redecorate. You call your friend. Hey, I know you're out of town, but I just wanted to let you know that your painting would probably look better on the other wall. What do you think about me moving it? Or I just moved it. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you it looks better. Yeah. (laughs) Other things on my list. Don't go snooping. Don't do it. Don't go through their stuff. Yeah. I mean, I never have, I actually don't have interest. It makes me feel bad. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Also, what am I going to find? Would it be shocking? Probably not. 
I mean, if I was like down in the cellar looking for a shovel because they asked me to like fix a garden or whatever, and I saw like a foot sticking out, I would absolutely (laughs) have to look because it's a murder mystery. But barring that- You would look? If you saw a foot, Um, I would be like, I got to get out of this house. I feel like I would run. I don't think I would want to get closer. Oh, I would have to look. And then I would run. And then I'd be like, I would call my friend and be like, you have a foot in your basement. I mean, I feel like they know. I would somehow convince myself that they didn't know. I see. I guess I would have to call the police first. I'm going to have to work this out in case it happens. (laughs) Um, I feel like your first phone call is to the police. I mean, it depends on the friendship I have. Is this your ride or die friend? Oh. You want it, You need to know the story first. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, please explain the, the foot in your basement. <laughs> if you can before. explain this <laughs> to my full, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. That's friendship. <laughs> One thing also on my list is I was once house sitting for friends in Los Angeles who are like, impeccable taste and their house is beautiful and it's a one bedroom. So I was in their bed and their bed had 9,000 pillows, Mm. all different types of patterns. And their taste is such that like, it feels like, oh, this is just spontaneous, but you know that there is a special order in which all of this works. Like obviously this pillow goes next to this one and this size and all that. But no joke, there probably were like 25 pillows on this bed. Oh, wow. So what I did is I photographed the bed from all different angles before I got into it so that when I left, I was able to have a reference for exactly how all the pillows should be put back. And so I made sure it was like precise to the millimeter. I mean, you, of course, as always, phenomenal. So I do recommend photographing any areas of the house that you do need to put back the way you found them. I think it's a great idea. I would probably sleep. I would probably sleep on the floor. I'd see it. I'd have a panic attack. I'd sleep on the floor. <laughs> You're like, oh, I can't. I can't, I touch, can't it. touch it. And then at the end, I think you might want to do something nice for the person when they come back. So I don't know, some flowers or, you know, fresh milk and coffee or something just, you know, on your way out the door. I think that's very nice. I also think that it depends on how much of a favor you're doing them. I mean, you have this pool, so, you know, huge favor. A lot of times people would rather stay in their own house regardless. So depending on who's doing who the bigger favor is who leaves Mm. it. I mean, it's always nice to leave fresh milk and, but it may be the other way around. Yeah, I guess who owes whom in this instance, right? Who's who's in debt? I mean, it's always just nice to do nice things, but I think if you're doing them a favor... Yeah, just leave it the way you found it and then you know try not to break anything. And if you do, just let them know. Let them know and offer to fix it. There you are. And I guess don't leave anything very murder mystery in the basement because then your friend's going to be in a conundrum. Yeah, because if you don't let them know about the foot <laughs> and then they come home and they find the foot, they're going to think you're responsible and who needs that? Oh, I didn't even think of that layer. Right? Then you'd have to be like, oh no, I didn't bring it up because I thought it was you and then I was trying to have your back. And then your friend's like, oh, you thought I murdered someone and you were just going to go along with it. And then it's a whole thing. Ugh, story of my life. <laughs> Nick was like, I took a picture of the foot exactly where I found it. So yeah. in case I moved it, I could put it back exactly the same. That's how I roll. <laughs> and now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives. Then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And 
And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm-hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen and it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their washed linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you all in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question is, quote, One of my best friends is planning a destination bachelor party over the course of three days in a major city across the country. And he's behaving as if it's just understood that everyone who's invited is going to attend. And I just don't know how to tell him, or if I should tell him, that I just can't afford it. He's one of my best friends, but I just don't think I can swing it financially. I just miss the days of grabbing your buddy, going out to the bars, getting wasted, and calling it a bachelor party. So if you guys could shed any light on this, I would truly appreciate it. I've had to tell multiple friends that I couldn't afford to go to their bachelor or bachelorette parties. And they were all extremely cool with it. Yeah. I think you do need to say. Just say Like, it. I don't think you can not say. I think we feel guilty or like somehow bad about ourselves because, but it's absolutely reasonable that you can't afford to go to an out of town bachelor or bachelorette party. And you just tell your friend, just take them aside, have that conversation. Yeah. It's nothing to feel bad about. It just is what it is. So if you can't swing it, you can't swing it. So that's it. And you shouldn't like give up paying rent. Like they don't want you to do that. As Nick said, if you can't swing, you can't swing it. Just have the convo. It's going to be less hard than you think it is. But I do think that with this type of thing or with guest list for weddings, we are getting it backwards, everyone. What you need to do is you need to start with a list of people that you want at the thing. And then you need to create an event for that list. What we're doing is we are creating the dream wedding on the beaches of Tuscany, and we are then figuring out who we can invite to that thing. And if your grandmother is in a wheelchair and cannot be hand-carried two miles to the beach, then she can't attend that type of wedding. And if you want your grandmother there, well, then you can't have that type of wedding. So if you want all your buddies to be at your bachelor party, you should have a bachelor party that all your buddies can attend. So it's backwards to have like the event first and then the guest list second in my opinion. Unless what you really care about is the event and whoever can make it can make it because you've always wanted to do this thing and that's your dream. And then- But if you care about the event, then what is the point of the event? The point of the event is to spend time with people at the event. It's not the event. Some people may care about different things. Um, okay. I mean, I, uh, I mean, this is true. 
<laughs> but I do think we miss the forest for the trees a little bit. I mean, you can't be like, I want to go this. I've always wanted to celebrate here. And then if people can't make it, be upset with them. It's like they can't make it because you're traveling. Oh, you definitely can't be upset that people can't do the thing that you want to do. Fine. But it would be nice if your first priority for like a bachelor party was, I want to have these people with me for this. And so I'm going to make sure that this can include all of these people rather than I want to do this type of thing and I'll just figure out who on my list can do it. I mean, I really, I see what you're saying. Thank you. I also can see, say, a person always wanted to get married in Hobbiton in New Zealand. That was just their dream. (laughs) And maybe some people couldn't make it, but that was inside their soul that they wanted to reenact a scene from Lord of the Rings for their wedding. I would get Uh that too. Do you know what I mean? It seems like a very just vague hypothetical for you, Leah. That was just like a hypothetical that Uh I just popped into my brain. Are you wearing elf ears in this or no? (laughs) Who's, who's me? I'm not, this is just an example. I mean, this is your fantasy. No, I, I wasn't saying this for me. I just meant as an example. (laughs) I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. But uh, to our letter writer, don't feel bad. No. Definitely not. If your friend wants you to come and they want to go to this thing, they can pay for you. Oh, there's also that. Although, I mean, that gets complicated. I think that if your friend really wanted you there and had the means, Mm. they might just be like, oh, I didn't realize. Not a problem. I really want to do this. I really want you there. Let me take you. And I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, that's true. And I think if you don't go, what would be nice is figure out where they're going to be one night and call the bar or call the restaurant and buy a round of Jaeger or Goldschlager or Midori or whatever's happening and like buy a round and then let the restaurant know like, oh, this round's on Chad. I love that. I would send nachos. I'd be like, this round of nachos is on Leah. I mean, send whatever you want to send. (laughs) Sure. So our next question is, quote, sometimes I will receive unsolicited mail from charities asking for donations and they often include a free gift such as notepads, pens, etc., I will usually donate these items to my local thrift shop and then send a request to the charity asking to be removed from their list so they don't waste future resources on me. Recently, I was sent return address stickers with my name, address, and the charity's icon on them. Obviously, these aren't appropriate for the thrift store, and while I know legally I'm entitled to use them, I don't want to imply to my recipients that I've donated to a cause when I haven't, but it also feels wasteful to destroy them. I'm paranoid, and I shred everything with my address on it, and that just adds more garbage to a landfill. Is it tacky to use them when I've not made any contribution, or should I just get rid of them? When I read this, I was like, did my inner voice write this? (laughs) I definitely take things to the goodwill that can be, you know, also things you donated to a long time ago, they keep sending stuff. I have blankets. You know what I mean? You're like, what am I going to do with a blanket? I just- You're getting blankets from charities? Oh, I've gotten blankets from charities, yeah. What charity is sending a whole blanket? I'm not going to- I'm getting like a ballpoint pen. I mean, I'm just telling you the world I live in. Glamour. <laughs> Some things I give away, I definitely will be like, hey, I'm not, you know, donate. So I totally get this. I also don't like to throw away anything with my, well, I take it to the shredder anything with my address on it. But I do think, I do feel guilty at first with the stickers using them, but then I think throwing them away is just as bad. And then I think if I do use the stickers with my name on them, it's like advertising for that people. I didn't give, I didn't give money, but then, you know, maybe the next people will be like, oh, I'll look into that foundation. Yeah. And charities definitely want money, but they also want awareness. So they're happy for you just to keep using the stickers, even if you haven't donated money. So they don't care. But I think that in general, when we're setting personal correspondence, we want to just handwrite our addresses. We don't want to use stickers at all. 
So you shouldn't use these on personal correspondence. You should have engraved envelopes or you should just handwrite your name. But like stickers. That doesn't help her with the what should I do with the stickers. Well, use them for non-personal correspondence. So you're mailing a bill to Verizon, put the sticker on that. Verizon doesn't care. And so you're getting to save yourself the two seconds of writing your address and uh, you can use up the stickers. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Nick's like, I don't think that you should use the stickers regardless. You should have stationery that already has your address on it. And I mean, (laughs) look at all the single use plastic in your household. Is the charity stickers the thing that's going to move the needle here? Like, is that really it? Is that tipping the scales? No, but I totally understand. You feel bad throwing it away. You're like, I'm just throwing something away. Yeah. No, it is wasteful. But I do think of it as advertising. Yes. I get a lot of handwritten correspondence with stickers for addresses. A lot. You're getting a lot. A lot. Okay. A large percentage. Okay. And I think it's because people, you know, you want to keep it crisp. And, you know, some of us have messy handwriting. I see. Okay. I mean, but if your handwriting is so messy for the address, like chances are. Chances are the inside's a total mess too, but at least it can, <laughs> the return address is clear. <laughs> I mean, I'm just happy that people are sending letters. I'll, I'll take a sticker if that's what it has to be. Okay, fine. <laughs> Our next question is, quote, I have new neighbors and I went to introduce myself after sending flowers and a card with the names of all my family members and my phone number just in case they needed anything. When I actually met them in person, I was caught off guard by the names of the family members. They have very unique names and I wanted to remember them correctly, but was completely hopeless when repeating and trying to remember. They are from Serbia, just to give you an idea of how it could be tricky. Thankfully, I made my neighbor laugh when I tried to repeat their names. Do you have any suggestions on how I could have handled this or how I should approach getting the correct pronunciation? I do want to say to our letter writer, I think you really made a new neighbor feel welcome. You have flowers, you're introducing yourself. Yeah. So on the how I could have handled this, I really think you're lovely. I think you're really lovely. Yeah. I mean, the key is to make an effort when you have a a name that's hard to pronounce and you have clearly made an effort. So right there, I think that's a win. Yeah. I mean, so nice. And I think what I would suggest is ask them to write their names down so you can have them in writing. And then YouTube. YouTube probably will tell you how to pronounce every Serbian name there is. So just type in the name. Some nice Serbian person has a video, I'm sure, pronouncing the name and you can just practice and do your best. And you're not going to get it 100%, but like they will definitely appreciate that you're making an effort and trying. I often get everybody's name wrong. So I'll just hold back until I hear somebody else say it. And I just, you know, say hi and... Oh, see, this is not a good strategy. Wait until it comes naturally. Wait until until I've heard it so many times that it's in my brain. So like if your neighbors are like Melitza and Yelena. Melitza and Yelena. Like you can practice this at home. But I do think when you're around other people saying it often, you'll get better at it. Yes. And, you know, you could say it to them and they can correct you. You can practice with them too. And I don't think they're going to be insulted. You're making a... You're making an effort. Yeah. No, and the key is just to make an effort. I mean, so much of etiquette is about making an effort and just trying your best, even if you fall short. But like people appreciate people who make an effort. And so that really takes you a long way. It's not like you're being like, oh, why don't you have names I can pronounce? That would be rude. (laughs) Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. So we'll make an effort for your questions. So send them to us. Send them to us on our website, wereraisedbywolves.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW. And now it's time for an intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. 
I'm loving being part of the book of the month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I, I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by book of the month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. Is that what the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. (laughs) You know, love happens. And you out there, you're going (laughs) to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And we're back. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I'm going to do a repent. Oh. That is more of a clarification. Okay. This is actually me re-listening to Were You Raised by Wolves episodes. Okay. Hearing something I said and being like, oh, I would like to go back to that. So you want to repent for something you've said? It's something I didn't say. It's something I didn't say. Ah, okay. So remind us, what are we talking about? So a few episodes ago, we had a letter writer write in and say, what do I do if I'm no longer hanging my friend's art? Right, sure. And I said it gave me acid reflux. Okay. But then I just was, I was very into what you were saying about, I wanted to support them in having personal boundaries and, and saying, I can hang the art that I wanted to hang. I wanted to support them have it feeling that. Okay, sure. But I feel like I never expressed that I absolutely would have a complete panic attack and feel like I should have a room dedicated to my friend's art. You know what I mean? I feel like I never really, except for the saying that gave me acid reflux, I never said why it gave me acid reflux. And I also wanted to add that as an artist, sometimes I'll get nervous handing out, after shows you're supposed to hang out like a flyer with your name on it and you're like Instagram. I get nervous because so often they're dropped on the floor Mm. and you just have to like close your soul off to like seeing people walking on your face. (laughs) Um, You have to be like, this is just a part of the game. 
And I feel like I didn't in any way address that I understand that uh, why their friend wanted to keep it up as I was so into being supportive of being like, it's your home because that was what I would want support on. So I wanted to bring that up that I totally get it. I would probably absolutely paper a room with something, uh, but I wanted to support them in their very healthy boundary setting. Um, I think it's sort of implied Long-time listeners of the show know where you're at <laughs> with <laughs> well, our, all of this. I just want our new listeners to know that obviously I, I would have a full full meltdown about it. Yeah, I mean, you just saying I'm going to have acid reflux, like I got the whole world. I got that that meant that you were going to actually buy a second house just for the art. <laughs> I got that you were going to basically be their new patron uh, and we're going to sponsor them. You're going to be a modern-day Medici for this person. Like that's what you were going to do okay. with that one sentence. I just yeah. want to no, make I sure it. that was clear because I've been I thinking it. about that ever since. Okay, well, um, we will absolve you of this etiquette crime, Leah. <laughs> so for me, I would also like to repent. <gasps> now, this doesn't happen often, people. Maybe twice. And I am going to repent because I should. And also, I think it's an important reminder to everyone that I do bad things too. And it's okay. It's okay. We all do bad things. So long story short, Lee and I are working on a top secret thing with mm-hmm, 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 which we'll let you know about soon. So sign up for newsletter. And so I had a Zoom meeting scheduled with these people uh, last week. And we've actually been meeting on Zoom regularly on Fridays at three o'clock, sort of just catching up, making sure everything's on target and everything's like on the same page. And so last week there was an email exchange where I was like, okay, let's regroup on Friday on this. What's good for everybody? They were like, oh, anytime after one. And I said, oh, let's do two o'clock. Okay, great. So everyone's set and I basically add it to my calendar. We're good to go. And so then Friday comes along, I'm working on something and I check my email at 2.30 and I see an email from them at 2.05, which is like, are you joining the Zoom call? And I'm like, oh, no. And so obviously I was not on that Zoom call at two o'clock and I should have been. And for that, I am very sorry because- that's not a thing I do. <laughs> so very sorry. And now I, the reason for this doesn't matter. Uh, the reason just between us is that I cut and pasted the previous week's event and I dragged it to my calendar, which meant that it was on my calendar for three o'clock and not two o'clock. My mistake. And I didn't see it. I didn't notice it. But that is what happened. That doesn't matter. You know, these were still people that were left hanging. So I obviously emailed back right away. I was like, oh, my gosh. Can we meet at three o'clock still? Is that possible? And they were like, oh, no problem. We'll jump on at three. And so then in the 20 minutes in between that email exchange and three o'clock, I reached out to this Danish bakery that I really love, uh, which is near their offices. And I arranged to have a box of these delicious chocolate and cinnamon pastries like rushed to their offices so that they would get there while we were still on our Zoom call. <laughs> so, so at least they had pastries um, as just like a, a moment of like repentance uh, and uh, to how sorry I really was that this happened. So I do think baked goods did smooth it over, but I am sorry. Should not have missed that call. And uh, it definitely won't happen again. I wish people could see my face with this whole thing. A, above and beyond. That's such a way to, with the pastries. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Pastries really do make a difference. Yeah. Well, it's so thoughtful. And then you jumped right on it. And then also everybody who knows you knows that this is way out of your... That is true. This is something you would never do. And you apologize right away. And that actually is a good reason to always be polite. Because if you ever mess up, which, you know, I do... I'm always given the benefit of the doubt. 
Like no one is like, oh, well, that's just who you are. Like, no, everybody knows like, oh, that is unusual. Something must have happened. And things do happen. Things do happen. Yes. Life happens. Absolutely. Mistakes happen. And it's not the mistakes. It's how you react to them, how you respond, how you try to recover. That's really where the rubber meets the road when it comes to etiquette. So that's, I think, just a good lesson. It's not the crime. It's the cover up. So for me, baked goods. Leah, what have we learned? I learned that if I have a house with a flag on it on Memorial Day, I will hang a ribbon or a bow on it in the morning to signify half-mast. That's right. And I learned that if I'm dining and just a mysterious plate of nachos shows up, it's probably from you. Yes! Yes! Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. He would. So for your homework this week, I want you to make sure you're following us in whatever podcast app you're currently using. So you're always notified about new episodes. And I want you to leave us a nice review. And I want you to tell a few friends about us. That's all. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Courses of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but it'll only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go. This week, my Courses of Kindness, I would like to send out to my mom and dad because I know it was super hard on them, as it was hard on me to move, have their daughter move all the way across the country. And it feels very far away. And they have been so supportive and positive, And it just really means the whole world to me. And I am so grateful for it. Oh, that's very nice. And for me, we got a great one from cordialsofkindness.com, which was, quote, I just wanted to say thank you for the labor of love I know you both put into the show. Every Sunday night when setting my alarm for the new work week, I think, ugh, back to the grind. But then I remember that a new episode is coming in the morning and it totally brightens my outlook. Thank you. That's so nice. Isn't that nice? So thank you very much. Oh. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm -hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. 
stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.